You're listening to XVGM Radio.
welcome to XVGM Radio, where the bits keep coming. I'm Mike. And I'm Justin. And this is episode 86, Dances with Nikos. Or Nico. <laughs> There's not two, but it fits with the that motif. That would be so crazy. Right? I don't, I don't, right. know, I don't know if our two. listeners could handle two Nikos. Their brains would explode. My, my head, my face, everything would explode. We're back <laughs> again with Nico Tengoku. Our buddy, Nico, he comes back every January. We had to dig him up from his New Year's grave and <laughs> and, and spread his ashes out, say a few magic blessings, and uh, and make him rise from our grave or his grave. <laughs> so welcome back, Nico. Thanks for joining us. Yes, well, thank you for having me again for the yearly tradition. It's my favorite thing to start the year with, you know? Absolutely. What better time of the year to celebrate Nico's awesome taste in music than the very first month of the year in January? We're starting off 2022 with a bang, a COVID bang. We are recording again remotely, sadly, but uh, hopefully the numbers die down a little bit and we can get back in the studio together, Mm. holding hands eating ice cream cones together. You know, all the things that Justin and I normally do when we record XVGM. It's funny because we did do that, that that Patreon episode with ice cream, so. Oh, right, the live show. Yeah, we did eat ice cream together. Yeah. I was thinking more like we eat the same cone, but, you know. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very sweet. Yeah, we don't want to... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a very silly, fun episode, as Nico episodes always are. We like to let our hair down, toss our bras in the fire, and just <laughs> hang out and jam out to some awesome tunes. So mm. prepare for a lack of structure or uh, a lack of consistent structure. Yeah, I, I would say that usually when we have Nico on, we pick a system and then we kind of, we don't deep dive on the system, but it, it's it's often just a lot of really good music from a particular system. Uh, right. And this time around, we are totally flipping the script. Well, maybe not flipping, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a total change up because we are not focusing on a particular system. We are focusing on a particular type of music. Yeah, a genre. And that genre is dance music. This was, yeah. Nico, this was Nico's pick. He decided he wanted to do dance music, and we were all for it. I, I think it's pretty safe to say that all three of us are pretty big dance music fans or electronic hmm. music, EDM, whatever you want to call it. The the dub wubs. I, I don't know. What are the kids <laughs> calling it these days? The, the stanky leg? I don't know. I think that's a dance move. <laughs> I think that's from like five years ago. What, the stanky leg? Yeah. It's already outdated, man. Come on. Dubs dubs, Wubs is outdated, but the stanky leg is is still hip to be square. Okay. It's very obvious that you're a a father, Mike. Yes. yes, (laughs) Get with the times, old man. Yeah, sadly, sadly, my, my, I had to turn my dance card in when, uh, when my kids were born. Yeah. Now I just dance at weddings terribly. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, we came in with Nico's pick, which was Streets of Rage 4 for the Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC in 2020. The track was in exhibition, and that's the full version. We'll let Nico tell us more about that. It's by Olivier Derivier. Yes. What better way to start a dance-centric episode than with a game from a series that, with the music, is all about the dancing, you know? 
True. And I had something else before, but I was like, no, I gotta choose Street Stage 4. Like, <laughs> I, I got it. This is this is perfect. And yes, an exhibition has to be uh, my favorite track. It's from Stage 8. It takes place in the art museum you're beating up and having all the cool visuals of like this art museum and of course that awesome track that just plays. And it's the full version because on the official soundtrack, digital or physical on CD, vinyl, it's only like two and a half minutes as opposed to the five. Um, I don't know what reason. I guess they decided to pick certain tracks to just cut to, you know, condense it because the, you know, short version is like a nice, it's definitely like the meat of the middle of that uh, song mm. and all the dance grooves. But I like the full version because it has the sax solo, which yes. I think is the best part of the song. Yes, I, oh, yeah. I agree. That was fantastic. Like, I was I was enjoying it from the beginning. It was like that really sexy beat and that main line came in. And then, um, and then you had those synths that I... They seem really familiar, but I couldn't really quite place them. But as soon as that sax solo came in, I was just like, oh, this is above and beyond. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I really dig the chiptune vibe that mm. this brought. Like, in the beginning of this track, I was like, whoa, whoa, is this one of the, like, remixes that were done? But no, this is really interesting to hear them take what is supposed to be like a really standard kind of track and uh, in terms of like a dance track and really toss in some some extra stuff that you wouldn't normally hear uh, specifically those chiptune vibes and the saxophone definitely were the standouts mm. oh absolutely it's uh, it's got that groove for dancing but it's got that funk it's got that smoothness almost jazzy i really like what mr olivier has done the soundtrack and with something like this you know you go from the legends of yuzo kashiro and motohiro and it's like, this was coming out, I was like, how's he gonna do? I hope it's this whole soundtrack turns out is phenomenal. And it, it does, it really does. And I yeah. like the flavor he brought. I was really worried about Streets of Rage 4 before it came out. I was pretty terrified that it was not gonna be good. But I mean, like, honestly, when you look at the list of the composers and you, you look at what who was making the game, it was pretty much like a home run, like right out the gate. I've always been a bigger Final Fight fan personally, so I got to be honest, like I haven't finished Streets of Rage 4. I thought it was really good, but it never really hooked me enough to make me want to beat it. So I'll go back and I'll beat it eventually. I, I mean, I've beaten all three of the others, but <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I thought it was a fun beat them up with a really really good soundtrack there was other guest composers it was nice that of course they had yuzo had to come back and do a couple tracks because if not riots um, right right of course <laughs> or, or dance riots in the streets of rage it <laughs> <laughs> would just be dancing all over people's graves you know it's, it's, it's exactly how, it's how it happens man how it happens olivier actually uh, started off uh, working on the game obscure in 2004 I've uh, never heard of music it. for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's because it's pretty obscure. <laughs> what else? He also did the uh, obscure the aftermath game in 2007. He did the Alone in the Dark remake. He did uh, mm. a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Disney's Tangled. Uh, he did the Capcom game. Remember me. He's uh, he's been doing a ton of stuff. And his most recent game is Streets of Rage 4. Right before that, though, he did a Plague Tale Innocence in 2019. Justin, have you played Streets of Rage 4? So I was going to say, I don't know that I've played any of the Streets of Rage games, but I think I have played some of the earlier ones. Not through to completion, but beat-em-ups beat aren't usually my thing, so I haven't... I, I, I know of this, and I've heard some of the music, but I have not actually played it. Okay. Who did you main, Nico, in uh, in Streets of Rage 4? It's all about that Blaze, That's girl. my boy! That's my boy! <laughs> I like yeah, I mean, Blaze. 
is gotta be her new design is great. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. The design and is I, fantastic. I like Axel too. Axel is really cool too. Um, I, I like that they aged uh, the characters up, but they still look like youngish. Oh I yeah. Know, I don't know how they got away with that. Maybe tons of secret plastic surgery that video game characters <laughs> got. Can can video game characters get plastic surgery? Is that a thing? I think it's picture uh, surgery. <laughs> Pixels, polygon surgery. surgery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. I like the other characters too. I like the new additions and the unlockables. There's sure. a lot of great content. It's a great game. If you haven't played it, you got to do it. Just just support the game and yeah. buy uh, the soundtrack on Bandcamp or wherever else it is available, which, you know, looking at his gameography, I was always like, wow, he did all these games in the streets. What a, I wonder how he got this gig. I wonder <laughs> if he was just a big fan. He was like, can I compose Streets right. of Rage 4? And they're like, yeah, sure. You, you do good stuff, even though sure, I've never heard kid. any of his other stuff. I'm sure it's good, but... <laughs> Sure, kid, have at it. <laughs> yeah, make us a lot of money here. See, everyone loves yeah. the Streets of Rage. It's been yeah. 24 years or how long yeah. the last entry was. Yeah. <laughs> Close. All right, so we're doing this round robin, as we usually do, and we're going to be starting off with Nico, then following it up with my track, and then following it up with Justin's track, and then going back to the beginning. So we've got some amazing stuff for you. Nine tracks coming at you. First up is Nico. What do you got for us? All right, well, my first pick of this episode is the title theme from Super Drift Out for the Super Famicom from 
And that was the title theme from Super Drift Out on the Super Famicom from 1995 by Kenji Yamazaki. Oh, man. Eh? That was pretty good. <laughs> that was that was really chill. Like, I, it, it's funny. When I, when I think of dance music, that's not normally what I think of. But I can totally get down to that. Like, it's, it's not like trance or anything that's like too chill where you just kind of want to like sit mm. back and, and like veg. Like, there, there's a bounce in it. But it's mm-hmm. it's 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 way more chill than I was expecting, which uh, I like. I like to be surprised. Yeah, this was pretty unique sounding for like compared to the rest of the stuff that we have. Definitely that like mid '90s kind of mm-hmm. like you know house type dance music, but like way slowed down, way more chill than you would normally hear. Uh, this might be something more that you'd hear on the radio, probably, with, like, some vocals, you know, a lot of oh in the background, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. I like your observations. Um, it's amazing that, like, we are branching out from, like, a console, and yet I'm still stuck with my main choices in the <laughs> the, uh, the the 16-bit era, the retro right. era. And, yeah, I have had a big fascination, of course, with, like, dance music or just video game music that has that just this vibe whether it's kind of like chill or hardcore and actually i find kenji yamazaki to be a very underrated composer especially on the super Nintendo. and this is just one of his many soundtracks that is phenomenal now you know super drift out it's a it's a rally racing game top down it's got it's got some fast action it's it's again super famicom only it was going to receive a, a western release by alkylade but didn't pan out sadly which is a shame because all of kenji's games he composed for have always been uh, Super Famicom exclusive so only if you're digging deep in the Super Nintendo library you're going to find his stuff I remember finding the soundtrack and I was like wow this is this is awesome and it's not all like this there are some tracks that actually go really hard there's literally a section of the track list it's normal BGM and hard BGM and it's not hard because the game is hard it's hard because the music actually goes hard it's actually like intense almost gabber like levels you gotta check it out it's fantastic nice lots of hard but, lots lots of hard boys oh hard boys hard samples it's <laughs> oh god yes and as, as is the super Nintendo strength with sampling kenji's taking some advantages here and i always found this track the title theme to be reminiscent of like an orbital song now mm. orbital tender big strides in the early 90s you know the first album and the second one were already out and probably fairly big very housey which i classified this track i chose that it's a very house kind of vibe it's not super techno-y or hardcore rave it's just it's chill and you got those awesome come on baby baby i love those samples it's Mm -hmm. mm, it's it it's a it's a groove i could get down on i could just keep a keep a my feet a moving i just knew i had to pick something by this this guy this kenji yamazaki we're going to touch on a lot of different genres of dance music, too. It's not like we're just touching on, you know, 90s stuff or we're just touching on, you know, uh, trance or techno or anything. I, I mean, we kind of run the full gamut for the most part. I think I think we got a pretty good mix here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was just looking at Kenji Yamazaki's discography or gameography, if you will. Mm-hmm. He's still going today. I mean, his latest game was Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 which came out in 2016 on the PS4. Composing-wise, the latest game he did was a game called Elmenage Gothic in 2014. 
hmm. I guess. But he's been doing quite a bit of stuff. He started off with Psychic World in 1988. He did the Game Gear conversion of Ninja Gaiden in 1991. Uh, he's been uncredited for a lot of the stuff that he's done, uh, including Undercover Cops Gaiden Hakaishin Garuma, which is the Game Boy Undercover Cops game. But it's like uh, it's like a puzzle game or something like that. I can't remember, but it's like it's like hmm. a board game. Something like that. Then he also worked on uh, Fantasy Star Adventure in 1992. There's a bunch of stuff on his resume. And depending on where you look, a lot of it is like, as Nico was saying, like it's, you know, all directly tied to like the Super Famicom, that Mm -hmm. whole era of gaming. But he jumped to the PS1 in 1997 with a a game called Kakugo no Susume uh, for the PS1. And did a couple Mm -hmm. other PS1 games, a Game Boy Advance game, and then Phantom Crush on the Xbox in 2002. So, yeah, uh, he gets around and he's still doing work. Uh, You know, it seems like he does, does a game, takes a break. Does a game, takes a break. So I'm sure we'll hear from him in the future. Probably the uh, the best way to do it is so you don't burn out. Yeah, true. With, some, with, with tunes like that, I, uh, I I can appreciate that style. Absolutely. It looks like we're getting a phone call pretty early on in the episode, most likely from a uh, a, a random caller. Uh, let's see. It's probably going to be somebody who wants a pizza or you know, has a problem with the shoes we're wearing or wants to scream at Janine. I don't know. Just Janine, go ahead and transfer it over. XVGM Radio, who is this and what can we play for you? Hey, what's up, brah? I'm waiting for that Summer Carnival 22, man. Where is it? I've been waiting forever, man. Summer Carnival 22? 22. Like 2022? Yeah, man. Don't you remember Carnival 92? Now I'm waiting for 22. Oh, yeah, there was uh, Summer Carnival 92, uh, All's a Dick, uh, Summer Carnival 92, Rekka, and I think they did the Summer Carnival, Summer Carnival 93. Uh, <laughs> you, you said All's a Dick. I did. <laughs> oh, man, Justin just wants All's a Dick. Oh, oh right. But, too far, too far. Uh, no, we're, uh, we're, you know what, pal? Uh, it's the 30th anniversary of Summer Carnival 92, Rekka. So hmm. let's play a track from that. Would that make you happy? All right. I guess I'll settle for that. All right. Get off our line. All right. Thanks, bro. Uh, Sunburn Carnival 92 Rekka is our game. This came out on the Famicom in 1992, and the track is called Elm 39, and it's by Nobuyuki Shioda.
Welcome back. That was my first pick, or that guy's first pick. Uh, uh, uh-oh, the facade has been lifted. Uh, my immersion, Car- Mike. <laughs> Summer Carnival 92 Rekka, the Famicom release, which came out in 1992. That was Elm 39 by Nobuyuki Shioda. What a frantic, crazy game, and what a frantic, crazy track. You know, this is just old-school techno goodness. I mean, when you think of early 90s techno... Like, this is what you think of, you know? Mm. It's just, it's got such a crazy vibe to it. I really like the instrumentation here, too. It's got such great sample drums. Like, the those drums really punch. The game itself is a, like, I, I guess you could say, like, a, a predecessor to the bullet hell genre. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the fact that this game, I don't know, Justin, have you seen this game running ever? Uh, I think so. I, I feel okay. like I've I've seen both Rekka and Alzadik at some point because we've talked about the Summer Carnival. Like you and I have talked about it, and Ed and I have talked mm. about it. So, oh, you've seen Alzadik? <laughs> yes, I have seen Alzadik. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, <coughs> hey, man, I haven't seen Alzadik. Uh, on, that on, one. On I, some, I, of that, that, some of Zadik. Some, uh, that's something I haven't seen. <laughs> Uh, but I have seen Rekka. <laughs> uh, Rekka, Rekka is, I barely know her. Uh, uh, there you go. <clears throat> bring it back down to earth. <laughs> Rekka's great. It's it's a very fast-paced game. And the fact that they're throwing so many like enemies at you and the frantic speed of the way that the level is passing, it's really intimidating to play. But it's super fun. You can pick it up on the 3DS Virtual Console uh, currently, or you can get like you know a, the ROM or get Repro Carts. There's Repro Carts out there, so a lot of different ways to play it. It's definitely worth bumping on the TV because uh, tune-wise, it's really cool. The whole Summer Carnival thing uh, is basically it was a competition, wasn't it? Like a... Yeah, it's like a competition of game making. So yeah, yeah. Game makers all got together and competed to try to make a game. And uh, this game was created by Kid. That's the con- the developer's name. Oh, yeah. They they generally made like games for uh, the American group Taxan. Hmm. So uh, stuff like Low G Man. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Really frantic, crazy game. Well worth playing. I don't know. I, I just I wanted to represent something old school because the rest of my tracks are all newer stuff. Mm. So I wanted to really showcase something that was like chiptune and old school. Taking a look at my picks, uh, I think every, every everything is after the year two thousand for me. I think the yeah. the old the oldest thing I have is is going to be towards the end, and that's that's two thousand and two. So that's mm-hmm. that's fair. I I did I did like uh, a lot of things in there. Um, I liked how I liked how chippy it was. Like we talked about that with the the Street Rage four track. But that's a track that is a more recent track that's using a lot of retro sounds, and this one was actually retro. Like the, the, those sounds were there because that's what it was. For um, sure. I, I liked the the opening was really droney, uh, which reminded me like almost right off the bat of like some of the Taito puzzle games that we we covered a long long time ago. Yeah. Um, and and this it was also like this felt like a like a dark song. Like it was in a minor key, and it just. It it fits my aesthetic because like, there's a lot. There's just, I like a lot of dark music, dark underground, goth, industrial stuff like that. So I thought it was really cool. And then towards the end there, 
Um, it's just like I, I got this like picture of like zombies in my mind because you had like this the the synths that were going like do 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 and then just like these breaks of like gah, gah, yeah. which remind me of zombies and I was like oh this is really there's a lot of imagery going on here which uh, which which I like um, if, if a song can make me like see something in my mind's eye then then it's working. There's a lot of really cool like tracks on the soundtrack that have that effect almost like uh, mirror images of each other. I think there's a track called like Mom and then there's a track called Dad or something like that. Oh know. yeah. Yeah, and, and both of those are kind of complementary towards one another, if I recall. Is that right, Nico? Am I- yeah, kind of. I Am mean, I right? the whole soundtrack has that. It's got a it's got a vibe, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, with my, of course, uh, stuff with 8-Bit Stereo, I got, when I got to this soundtrack, I remember falling in love with it and having like a good month or two straight listen of this because I love, I do love, it's definitely the most techno-y soundtrack done on the Famicom and that dark vibe is so like unique. There's, I mean, there's some other soundtracks that get close, but like this is one of the few that really sounds so menacing almost as well with, of course, the bullet (laughs) hell content of the game. It fits very well. Um, I definitely love that track. That one always stands out to me. And again, that beginning, that dun 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 that yeah. jump kick kicks in. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. I, I love this. Nobuki Shida actually has an interview that recalls this uh, process of the game development and the soundtrack. And I think you should look into that because it is, of course, a great read. Yeah, mm. absolutely. We'll post it somewhere in our Discord channel when, the, when right around the time when the episode releases. We'll, we'll have to go back and post that. Oh, That'd yeah. Be cool. Yes. The uh, song and the soundtrack also have uh, a very funny memory, for me at least. I remember once I was going to pick up my dad uh, from somewhere for something, and uh, I was listening to this soundtrack in my car, so I had to pick him up. So he gets in the car, and we're driving, and he kind of looks at the stereo, and keep in mind, my dad is not at all a video game fan or a video game (laughs) music fan. And he was just kind of like... He gave me this look of disgust, and he was just like, <laughs> what is this? And I was like, oh, this is Rekka. Uh, it's a game soundtrack. And he was like, you still listen to that stuff? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, Ugh. Just like the disgusted sigh of of just dad disgust. It was hilarious. Dad-scust. Dad-scust. Dad disgust. Dad disgust. Too much Alta Dick for my dad. Anyways. Uh... Uh... <laughs> or maybe not enough. Or maybe not enough. Nobuyuki Shiyoda started off, as I said earlier, Low G-Man in 1990, uh, The Trolls in Crazy Land in 1991, mm. which I think is a reskin of another game. Hmm. Uh, yes. Sumo Fighter, uh, Isolated Warrior, G.I. Joe. Uh, he actually did both NES G.I. Joe games. Kickmaster in 1992. And uh, he did Hebereke's Papoon in 94. He did a bunch of games. Uh, he did a game on Game Boy Color in uh, 99 called Little Monster, which is like a Pokemon ripoff, except there's no open worlds, uh, which sounds kind of neat. And then uh, he disappeared and then came back to do music for Kira Kira Star Knight EXA, hmm. which is, uh, I think that is a music platformer game that was uh, released years later. <laughs> like, you know, 2021, I think it was released. So, yeah. All right, let's move into your first pick, Justin. What do you got for us? So I'm going to start out with uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the game. Uh, this came out in the PS3 and the Xbox 360 back in the days of 2010. The track is Twin Dragons, and it was done by Ana Managuchi.
Alright, welcome back. That was Twin Dragons off of Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, the game, the 2010 game that came out on the PS3 and the Xbox, and it was composed and performed by Anamanaguchi. Oh yeah! Um, yeah. Anamanaguchi is made up of a few people, we'll talk about them a little bit later, but uh, they're Peter Berkman, uh, Eri Warnar, James DeVito, and Luke Silas. I've seen them five times in concert. Damn, nice. Yeah. Nice. And I don't think I spent more than 15 bucks each time doing it. <laughs> Very nice. It, it's pretty crazy. Like, I found out about these guys from their first EP mm -hmm. and just kind of kept following them, you know, as time went on. I mean, I remember, like, listening to them on, uh, there was, like, some website that had, like, BitShifter on it and, like, a bunch of other, uh, like, chiptune artists and stuff. Mm -hmm. And these guys happened to be on the website. So I remember just, like jamming out to uh to them all the time and when they dropped this with uh the scott pilgrim game the movie the game the the comic i don't know whatever you want to call it <laughs> i i thought it was great this is one of my least favorite tracks in all honesty but listening to it again isolated from the game i think i like it a little bit more now than i did before i don't know what do you guys think yeah this is a this is a good track uh of course you know heard the soundtrack because i like that i love the style uh never really followed much of anamanaguchi but i know their stuff i've heard it this is probably their most prominent to most people of like mm. what they know sure yeah again like isolated from the game um but even with it i still i still liked it it definitely fits it's like you could just see like a crowd just like moshing or jumping up and down yeah. like groove and dancing like that i totally especially those I big just love like that the big like yeah, like this is perfect. Yeah, yeah, perfect for that. For Absolutely. the like the of that variety for people to just groove or dance out to, mosh mm -hmm. it, jump and do what you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that makes sense because the, the the track is Twin Dragons, which means it's it's the track for Evil X's five and six. Uh, Kyle and Ken Kat, uh, Katinagi, also known as the Katinagi Twins, who right. are DJs. So mm -hmm. that that that's that's the reason that I picked this track specifically because I mean a lot of the stuff on this soundtrack is pretty dancey already, but uh, I wanted to get a little bit more specific and pick you know the the or mm -hmm. that in the game is performed by the DJs while they beat the crap out of you. <laughs> this doesn't necessarily sound like Anamanaguchi's style though. Like I know it's by them and everything, mm -hmm. but I think when they were writing this song, most likely they didn't try to write something that sounded like them. They tried to write something that would fit in a video game. So yeah, yeah. I, I think they nailed it for sure. And uh, they probably went with a lot of like aesthetics uh, of in terms of like what was going on during this part of the game. You're fighting them as Scott. And like they, they... Do you actually fight them? Like uh, I thought it was, uh, I don't know. It's been forever since I read it's, the comic. It has been uh, It has been a long time. But yeah. <laughs> it's been a really Scott, long time. Scott yeah. is partying with the oh, did, did you? Did you guys like, were you like me where you... you read the comic and you were like obsessed yes. with Scott Pilgrim around this time. Well, I don't know that I was obsessed, but I, 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 What's did, a comic? I yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, manga, I guess. I don't know. Well, no, no it's, it's not, it's not Japanese. I haven't so read not a bunch manga. of comics. I got into it probably around the third volume. This is like right, like shortly before the movie came out, like maybe a year or so before the movie came out and they were still releasing volumes pretty steadily and just got really, really into it. Uh, it was originally like a black and white comic. You know, they released it in manga form style books. It's basically about this guy, Scott Pilgrim, who has these evil exes or Ramona Flowers, who's his girlfriend to be, I guess you could say, has all these evil exes, these seven evil exes that you have to defeat in battle in order to win her heart. 
So that is the comic. That's what it's based on. And the game is pretty much following suit. Uh, the style is done by Paul Robertson, mm. who uh, uh, has this really specific like chibi anime kind of style. It's really cutesy, but also really like, you know, uh, I don't know, sexy, demonic, whatever you want to call it. It's crazy. <laughs> There's Visually, it's a breathtaking, really captivating game. Uh, it was recently re-released for all the modern systems too. So if you got it back in the day, uh, it got delisted, and it was like one of those games that people were begging mm-hmm. for. And finally, they listened and and re-released the game, so you can get it uh, digitally currently on the Switch, Xbox One, PS4, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, what's no. surprising? I never thought I'd see a re-release of this, but they pulled it through. I'm I so glad they come. did. Yeah, I, I thought it. I thought it was going to come. I, I kind of knew. I had a vibe. I, I, you know, I had a feeling. <laughs> yeah, I guess ten years is enough time to be like, all right, yeah. Now I just need the rest of the digital stuff that's locked on my Xbox 360 to come out, like you know, a TMNT <laughs> arcade game and mm. uh, uh, Out of the Shadows, Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. Yeah, and, uh, and All's a Dick. And All's a Dick. Yep, yep. Got it. <laughs> you gotta, got it on there. You gotta have All's a Dick <laughs> on there. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, um, you, you mentioned you mentioned Paul Robertson. Just just to just to back up um, and, and talk about him yeah. real quick. I've liked his stuff for for a really long time. Um, the, aside from this game, some of the things that people may know him by, or like some of the stuff that I know him by, is in 2006 he had a short film called Pirate Babies Cabana Battle Street Fight yes. 2006. That Love was that. fantastic, and it, it, it's the exact same style. Like I remember, I didn't know anything about Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the game. But when it came out, I was like, no way. This is that guy who did that video. Because it yep. was that, and then Kings of Power, 4 billion percent, in, came out in 2008. When I saw the, the art, I was like, this is awesome. I, I went looking for it, and I, that's when I found out that it was the same guy, and I lost yeah. my mind. Because I didn't <laughs> I didn't think he had done anything like actual games. I thought he just did like pixel art and videos. He also did a game, uh, he did the art for a game called Mercenary Kings, which came out, like, it was an early PS4 digital release. 2014, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so Uh, that was, that's also a really fun game, if you like Contra, it's very similar, like Contra or Broforce, like that type of stuff. Yeah, he's also listed for Curses and Chaos in 2015. Oh, Um, okay, that's a pretty cool game, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, too. yeah. He, he's he's also gotten a, a bit bigger since uh, since this uh, the Scott Pilgrim versus the World the game because he's done some television stuff too. Um, he did a number of things in episodes of Gravity Falls. There was an episode called Fight Fighters, and oh. half half of that episode is re- is just his his pixel st- um, his pixel art. Um, oh, and wow. like he animated it. He did some stuff for a promo season three promo for Rick and Morty. He did season twenty six of The Simpsons episode fourteen. He did the couch gag, and then in two, in twenty twenty he did Amphibia. Uh, There's an eight bit theme song takeover that uh that that he had a he had a, a hand in. So I like I like how we talked about the history on the artist and not <laughs> well, the musicians. I mean, the musicians, true, true. I mean, well, here's the thing with Anamanaguchi. They only did one other game soundtrack, and it was like that game that they made or something like that, or like they produced some game. It was like some Kickstarter thing. I don't know much about it. I heard it was a mess. I heard it was a crazy disaster, but I don't know. Whatever. Oh, uh, C, C colon slash raft, I think. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. I have no yeah. idea. Yeah, because I see that listed um, as performed by Anamanaguchi. I see Sackboy, A Big Adventure. C colon slash Raft and Scott Pilgrim. No, they did something else. Uh, it's a side-scrolling game. It's a rhythm game. The whole soundtrack was done by Anamanaguchi. It was it was just basically their music from their albums put 
in the game, but it's a rhythm game. You have to slide and jump, and it was a like an eight bit style. It's got Commander Video, Bit Trip Runner. Oh, oh they did Bit Trip something in Bit Trip. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh wow, because I, I had that on the Wii. I, I yep, did not know that too. was them. Yeah, really fun game. If you uh, come across it, all the Bit Trip Runner games are pretty fun. One of the times I went to go see them was in New York. They played a show in Brooklyn at a place called Shea Stadium. Not the Shea Stadium for the New York Mets, because that was already demolished by that point, I'm pretty sure. Or if not, it was, you know, just... But it was literally called Shea Stadium. And it was a hole in the wall that... I mean, it was in like an abandoned warehouse building. It was... It looked like a studio apartment that they converted into a (laughs) hall. And this concert took place right after Scott Pilgrim, the game came out. And I cannot tell you how many girls were basically look, looked exactly like Ramona flowers. Oh, geez. They all, it was like, my, I went with my, my now wife and we were just like looking around at all the women that were there. And we were just like, why are all the women Ramona flowers? (laughs) It was so funny, but that's the only thing I wanted to say. I think we're good to move into Nico's next pick. Yeah. What do you got, Nico? Oh, boy. All right. Second pick. I got something good for you. Break out your rave sticks. This is Zaxxon's Mother Base 2000 from the 32X, the Sega 32X from from 1995. (laughs) This is the Stage 6 Boss by Masashi Yonida and Naoshi Kunisawa. Welcome back. That was the Stage 6 boss from Zaxxon's Mother Base 2000 on the 32X from 1995 by Masashi Yonida and Naoshi Kunisawa. Eh? I told you to bring your rave sticks. That was crazy. I love those PCM samples, though. That was wild. Oh, yeah, the little woo. Woo! (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Or or it's either a woo or a girl screaming. Ah! 
I think it's a bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah, woo and a girl. Sure. It's a woo girl. Sometimes screaming. when you're a girl, you woo and you scream. Really depends on the type of alls the dick that you're getting. I hopefully hopefully a good kind, good one, good. Yep. Anyway, so <laughs> or Rekka. really or, depends. Or Rekka. Really, yeah, I, reckon. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon. I reckon. <laughs> I reckon it's all the dick. Oh uh, man, no that we're that gonna was beat that joke into the ground. Anyways, oh yeah, yeah Justin, tell tell me your thoughts on this. Super frenetic. I I I, lo- I love the energy that it was bringing. I'm I'm familiar with the Zaxxon, like the early Zaxxon games. I'm not familiar with Zaxxon 2000. So I I like thinking back to what I remember about the original Zaxxon games. Like I don't I don't feel like this fits, but I don't care. Like mm. it's it, it's just it's like going off the wall. It's going wild, and then it, it does one of my favorite things with um with VGM. It uses like it, it isolates the, the the stereo channels at certain points. Mm. So like it, it bounces back and forth or bits of the song bounce back and forth between the left and right ear. And, I mean, mm. sometimes it, it can be done poorly, but, like, the way they did it here, I absolutely love. I, I think they really could have one up themselves if they just made a song with just screams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I need to hear that. And woos. I'm sure it's we, out there. You can make it yourself, maybe. Even. That's true. That's true. It, yeah, you got to like, get, get, get the sample. But it's it's got to sound digitized, though. It's got to sound like that old school, like you know, run through a, a graphic or an audio processor five million times. Oh yeah, it's got to it's got to sound like that. So you you get you get the PCM sample, uh, and then you you auto tune it so that it's so that it's mono pitched, and then make and it. then you just pitch it up and down for um yeah. for, for for the different notes, and then every make everything just that. <laughs> Make it gargle, mouthwash, and you're good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this game is oh, an, yeah. it's an isometric game uh, based on the original Zaxxon series. Mm-hmm. It's exclusive to the 32X, which is a shame because nothing should be exclusive to the 32X. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't. I don't mean to poo-poo on the 32x. Uh, it's just I have always had a dislike for the system, mostly because you know there were very few games on it that were worth getting, and the prices on a lot of those games are just so stupidly high now mm. that it's like, why bother? Like, just emulate it, you know? Yeah, emulate EverDrive. You can experience this <laughs> other sure. ways. For sure. Or for sure. if you don't, or if you don't want to play it all, then listen to the soundtrack. Which not all tracks are exactly like that one, but it's it's good. What I really loved, I was like, I had a feeling I was going to choose a Genesis track, but I was like, no, 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 let's, let's take it a step further. What's let me see what's on the 32X. Let me go into my <laughs> brain, and I was like, yeah, there was this game. It was like Zaxxon, right? And I and I was like, ah, oh, this is the one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have to pick this. And yeah, what I love about it is the 32X. I always thought like, what is exactly the sound chip? And it's basically the Genesis, but with like a, um, what is it? A pulse width modulator okay, mm-hmm. kind of thing added onto it or takes, mm-hmm. uh, enhances the Genesis sound chip. Okay. That's why, you know, it's the 32X games still sound like similar to Genesis games. Right. I was going like, to say, like, this sounds like a beefier Genesis. Yeah. You track. can tell it's like. It's, it's Genesis, but it sounds a little little better, a little more beefy, a little more crispier, and those mm. samples are those PCM samples are just going mm. nuts. The it sounds so like, but I love it. I love how ravey basically mm. this one is. It's yeah. just, it's an almost industrial. It's just yeah, yeah. oh god, I love it, and it fits the boss too. Which if you ever seen the boss of this game, it's kind of, it's a the, the whole game has like bosses that are very po- big and polygony, kind of almost like this almost reminds you as if like it's like Star Fox, but isometric but mm. doesn't look as rough because 
I think this, <laughs> the way they made this game look, I think I think it still looks pretty good. Mm. But it's, it's it's an Andros style boss fight. It's got the heads, the two hands. Oh, it's really impressive. Go. I really like how it is too in the game. <laughs> it feels very intense and fitting. There were a lot of games but... that were really pushing boundaries on both Sega and the Super NES. I mean, Star Fox for sure was a standout. But even like some of the stuff on uh, Sega CD, like uh, Silphied was really oh. impressive back in the day. Mm, yes. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? Like, I remember the first time I played that, and it was, like, not that long ago, like, maybe 2015 or 2016 or something like that. And I just remember being blown away visually. I was like, whoa, like, full-on polygons, you know, that, that they that they put in there. Like, just really impressive stuff. I'll have to give the... I'll have to check this one out, because honestly, like, no joke, I really just n- didn't think anything was worthwhile playing. Maybe, like, uh, that Knuckles game, the... Yeah. Knuckles <laughs> Chaotix. Knuckles Chaotix was really the only thing that was kind of trapped on the system, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. this is one of the worth it's, I would say, of the <laughs> what is it, 40, 32X games that were exclusive. Like, yeah. it's actually one of the other ones worthwhile. <laughs> uh, to check out and listen to. Nice. What about uh, these composers, Justin? Tell me. Uh, tell me a little bit about who, what what else these guys have done. Yeah. So Masashi Yoneda only has this uh, this as an audio credit. It looks like they've they've done some programming and engineering and some other things in some other games. Like they did music composition in this as well as programming, uh, and then they also did programming team in Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise in 2018. So that's neat. Oh, cool. Um, but Naoshi Kunisawa started with this in 1995. That went on to do another game that I happen to like a lot, Cyber Troopers Virtual On in 1996. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. cool game. Oh. Yeah. And relatively small resume here. So uh, they were sound effects arranger on Sega Touring Car Championships in 97, uh, sound designer on Cyber Troopers Virtual On Oratorio Tengram in 99, uh, Arrow Wings in 1999, they did sound, Arrow Wings 2 Airstrike in 2000, and they wrapped up with music in Surf Rocket Racers in 2001. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh, man. Well, let's go to uh, a soundtrack that is one of my favorites on the N64. It's Conker's Bad Fur Day. This is the 2001 release. This is Rock Solid, and this is by Robin Beanland. Thank you. 
Hey there! Do you have a thirst for vengeance? Were you woken up in the middle of the night with a brick through your car window and the faint sound of the song rock solid from the Conker's Bad Fur Day soundtrack fading through the distance? Are you tired of squealing tires and juvenile delinquents ruining your evening? You need the anti-bricker, body-slamming, toe-tapping, weasel, ninja-slice-and-dice training course. If you want to learn the secrets to defeating those hoodlums, sign up for my program and we'll teach your body how to fight like a weasel. Yeah, that's right, because weasels always know how to teach someone a lesson. Make it happen today! Call 1-900-WEASEL-NINJA right now. Do it! Welcome back. That was Conqueror's Bad Fur Day, the N64 classic. This was a very late release, came out in 2001, and the track that we heard was Rock Solid, and it was called Rock Solid by Robin <laughs> Beanland. Oh, nice. I love this song. I wanted to pick something from the N64 because everybody craps on the N64 so often, but the music on that system was so good. Mm. Like what Rare specifically did with the N64 is just like unbelievable sound-wise. I mean, we've talked to death with Grant Kirkhope about it on the Perfect Dark <laughs> episode. So if you want to understand the technical aspects of what Rare was doing back then, go back and listen to that episode. But yeah, I don't know. Just something about this track in particular. I love the game. Uh, it was one of the last N64 games that I bought. I bought it when it came out. It fit my type of humor. I loved all the satire and parody stuff. It's basically a cutesy, fun 3D platformer, but almost like a parody of it in a lot of ways. Mm but like an adult parody of it. So this is not a game you play with your little kids. Yeah, no, th this is like an adult mascot platformer, which was, mm -hmm. I, I don't know that I would say like wild for the time, but it was kind of wild for the time, especially on a Nintendo system. Like it was unexpected to see something that was like, not that there was any nudity or like, I, I don't think there's any actual swearing or anything, but like mm -hmm. it was, it was a pretty adult game for a Nintendo system. And that was awesome. I also really enjoyed this track. I enjoyed it a lot because it reminds me of a track from the movie Blade. <laughs> that opening techno song. It's, it's okay. called Confusion, okay. originally by New Order, remixed by Pump Panel. And that's acid techno. I think this is more like acid house. Um, I was going to say this is progressive trance, if anything. Possibly. I mean, there there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of bleed between in, in, a, in a lot of these techno and dance type mm. music. So I'd say it's hard to say, but I, I think you're right. I think, I think it's closer to, to that than, than like acid techno for sure. But yeah. it just like the overall beat and the overall feel that I got, I was just like, uh, I'm, I'm waiting for like the really grindy synths to come in and then like the, mm. the vocals and like the confusion and all that other stuff. Obviously it didn't, but it was, it was great nonetheless, because like, uh, like I said, I, I got kind of that nostalgic kick from that. And then it was just a really great groovy like track. Yeah, I essentially would listen to this all the time in the car. And I got to say, this sounds amazing in a car stereo, uh, especially with that bass. Hmm. You know, right before when the beat drops, you hear that like really guttural, like, mm. you know, it's mm. just like, man, it just feels like you got all the dick, like <laughs> all at once. Uh, and I don't even have a TurboGrafx-16. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. 
but yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's it just sounds so booming and so low in terms of the tone. Just you feel it, man. Especially if you jack up that volume and turn the bass way up, mm. uh, it it sounds awesome. And I love the buildup. That's my favorite part about progressive trance is the buildup. You know, that it gets real quiet, and you know, then they start building up the melody, and then you know, the bass drops. And just that whole middle section of the track right through until the end when it loops is just fantastic. It's so, so good. Love it. <laughs> yeah, I like this track, too. I've not really actually listened to much of Congress Bad Fur Day. I've never actually, I've given the game a chance. I didn't vibe with me. I don't know what it was something about it. It's still impressive, obviously, with the sound and the design and graphics and all that. But the gameplay didn't do it for me. But mm-hmm. obviously with like that one main theme, Right, that one catchy little theme. I know that one, and I I like this one too. This is exactly what I feel I would be hearing if I was at a club and just completely smashed myself, and I'm just trying to make my way, and I'm just hearing this, (laughs) and I'm just like, oh god, just here I am. I'm I'm having a good time. Somebody help me! Somebody help me, please! (laughs) Give me all the dick. I need something, please. Yeah, I I I like the track date too. It makes you almost think like. Oh, it's gonna be like a rock song? Nope, it's a it's a trance seek. It's, a, it's <laughs> yeah. a dance song. It's grooving. Yeah, the rest Rich. of the soundtrack is definitely not like this. This takes place when you're in the club. There's all these like if I recall, there's like these cavemen and like rock monsters and stuff like that. And uh. you're peeing. You drink a ton <laughs> and you're you're peeing to put fires out, if I recall. Uh yeah. And, Sounds and, in line with Conquer. Yeah, yeah, and that's the bit. But Man, I just didn't want to leave this area when playing it because I remember just rocking out to it. So I have the soundtrack on vinyl and I just remember like I got it like secondhand and I lucked out. I didn't have to pay a fortune for it. Just really love blasting the soundtrack on my vinyl just to chill out and relax. It's a fun soundtrack. It really takes me back to playing the game. I have so many memories of playing this game, uh, both single player and multiplayer. I played this one a lot in in like late high school and early college, we would play the multiplayer levels, the bank, the heist level, where you would play as different characters that would run to try to get the money and then run it back to their base, which is super fun. We did the war section where it's like one person plays the teddies, which are the bears, and the other guys play the, I think they're squirrels, and they're trying to get from the beach to the safe area. And depending on how many you can get through without dying, like, you know, depending on which side wins, it's Mm. it's super fun. All the multiplayer in this is really, really fun. Uh, It's a great game. So, you know, if you didn't like the multiplayer aspects or you didn't like the single player aspects, I feel like it'd be one of those things where if you didn't like one, you'd probably like the other. Robin Beanland, we've talked about plenty on the show. I'm a big fan of his work. He's still with Rare, actually. His latest game was Sea of Thieves which he won some award for, if I recall. Ooh. Killer Instinct was his first game in 94, where he did music for that. He also did some tracks on Donkey Kong Country, did the follow-up to Killer Instinct, Killer Instinct Gold, or Killer Instinct 2. Goldeneye, he did the elevator music. Then he did Jet Force Gemini. He was a huge part of the N64 lineup back then. Then he did some additional work on the Conquer Live and Reloaded, which was the Xbox re-release after Microsoft bought out Rare. He did Viva Pinata basically became the go-to classic composer for Rare. I mean, everybody else at that point had left. David Wise left, Grant Kirkhope left, David Klinick, I think, left 
he's the only guy from the original like classic rare era that's still around Damn. wow at rare at least at rare those other guys are doing like freelance type stuff yeah yeah um, and working working for uh platonic games doing uh ukulele which we did a whole episode with david wise and grant kirkhope on that so nice so my next pick here is going to be from marvel versus capcom infinite which was a 2017 game on PS4, Windows, and Xbox One. The track is Mega Man X, and it's composed by Aishi Sagawa. Right, that was my second pick of this episode, Mega Man X from 2017's Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. That came out in the PS4, the Xbox One, and Windows Machines, and was composed by Aishi Sagawa. We'll get the composer out of the way now, because Aishi Sagawa only has one credit, and that is Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Done. Let's move on. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. All right, then. Man, I could have used, like, ten minutes more of that. That was awesome. I 100% agree. I have a, a weird special spot in my heart for Mega Man X remixes, and not just, like, remixes of Mega Man X music, but, like, the Mega Man X theme. I have a number of... I don't know why I didn't play any of them on, on a remix episode, but I have a number of remixes of the Mega Man X, like, main theme. I just... Not everyone's a hit, but the ones that are really good, I just really love. And this one, like, it's got, like, super thick bass paired up with, like, the dubs and the wubs. It's really nice and heavy, and it's not, like, the main theme is there, and it is the focus, but it cuts in and out so much, like, it, it's, it's like a remix within a remix to me. I don't like this game, but I love this track. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've heard the game is not good. I, I wouldn't know. I've, I've not touched it. I refuse after the debacle that was Marvel vs. Capcom 3 yeah, DLC Express. Uh, I'm, I'm, I glad, just... I'm glad that somebody else is on the same page as me. I haven't bought a Capcom fighter since Marvel vs. Capcom 3. I, that's the thing. I bought Marvel vs. Capcom 3 and then was disappointed many times over for many different reasons. And, like, I was a diehard MVC fan. Like, Marvel's Capcom yeah, 1 and 2, yeah. some of my favorite... Like, I'm not big on fighting games, but, like, those are some of my favorite fighting games. And yeah, then 3, way. they just... I feel like Capcom just didn't really care. Uh, Capcom versus Tatsunoko, I had a lot of fun with on the Wii, although that was, like... That was a Fighters game. on the Wii is, is kind of weird, but, like, I don't yeah. know. It's just... <laughs> I don't plan on ever touching Infinite. The story sounds in- interesting, but everything that I've seen about the game doesn't look good. Um, yeah. But this, this song... Slaps. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, the tunes are great, and Capcom tunes are usually great, so that makes mm-hmm. sense, but I'm 100% with you. After they did Marvel vs. Capcom 3, and then, like, six months later, they put out Ultimate, and yep. it included yep. Phoenix Wright, and they were like, oh, we don't know how to include Phoenix Wright in Tatsunoko versus Capcom, but yeah. we'll put him in Ultimate, like, six months later. Like, come on, get out of here. Yeah. So. I was just super burned on that, haven't picked up a Capcom fighter since, and basically have sworn off Capcom fighters, I, I basically was like, if I'm going to pick up a Capcom fighter release, it's going to be Darkstalkers, like a new Darkstalkers game. And that's pretty much it. That's fair. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, this track was great. Super dancey, super jazzy and fun. You know, I got a little bit of a jazz vibe in, in a lot of ways. I don't know what it what it is with this track and why I feel that way. But like jazz, salsa, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm so used to the original <laughs> version of this track you know that i kind of pictured it in my head as as that i don't know maybe i'm just spouting nonsense i might have to go back and listen to it again but like for whatever reason i got like kind of a techno salsa or techno jazz vibe to it i can see that Hmm. yeah maybe you're hungry with all the salsa (laughs) that's true (laughs) i don't know with all the salsa dick (laughs) (laughs) oh there's an infinite amount of that Oh yeah, Marvel's Which, got an infinite amount of that. On this yeah. pod, especially on this podcast. Olay. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> it's interesting hearing y'all spout about the uh, Marvel vs. Cap. I've never, I've I've have never been able to play the, any of the originals, which is where I'm sure most people are like, you gotta play at least these ones, the classics. You've never dabbled. I've heard, never dabbled. I've heard Tetsunoku before. That was good as well. Tetsunoku um, is a lot of fun. If you're going to play one of them, play Tatsunoko because it's way more ridiculous in arcade. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've heard that one, and I've never heard much of the soundtracks, but I did like this one because you got Mega Man X, one of the most classic Super Nintendo soundtracks. That's the opener theme, what I mostly heard in this yep. track. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. And just it being remixed, redone in this way was was awesome. I just, I'm familiar with the already the original song, and it's just now you just get danced to it. You get down. Hard. Instead I, of getting down rocking, you're getting down with the booty. <laughs> I almost got really angry at this track at one point because I was waiting for that final part of the track. Oh, to come yeah, in. yeah. And so I'm sitting yes. there and I'm like, are they going to drop this part or am I going to have to rage? And no, finally I, I... They, they dropped it. And I was like, oh, whew. okay, but good who? song. Okay. I'm, no, I'm I, raving, not raging. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, to- I totally feel you on that. Th- this song would not have gotten played by me if, <laughs> if it had been like that. You, yeah, you would yeah, not yeah. have heard it. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you stuck it out. <laughs> R- rem- reminds me of uh, the Saturday Night Live Lonely Island skit. It- it's a bit where like his buddy brings him to a club 
and they're doing the bass drop and the guy's not dropping the bass and they're like come on drop the bass drop the bass and he's not dropping the bass and finally he drops the bass and all their heads explode or whatever like it's so ridiculous (laughs) but yeah yeah yeah. oh man so yeah aishi sagawa is i think a newer composer from capcom right yeah yeah like like i said the only credit that i that i see is this game with how this track came out, I really hope that there is more to come. Like, I, I hope they weren't mm-hmm. like a one and done with Capcom because yeah. this was really, really cool. Uh, and yeah. I'll, have to, I'll have to give some of the other tracks on this soundtrack a try. I did go through a few things looking for something for this episode because I've heard that, that a lot of the music on the soundtrack is dancey. But then as soon as I saw there was a Mega Man X track, I was just like, nope, that's it. And then I listened to it, yeah. and I was like, yeah, no, that's definitely it. So, Oh, for uh, sure. For I, sure. I, I got to go back and, and listen to some of the other stuff, because I, I I, think they've got some really good chops. I think this one was originally composed by Setsuo Yamamoto, but we may as well credit all of the Mega Man X composers. Setsuo oh, yeah. Yamamoto, Ma- Makoto Tomozawa, Yuki Awai, Yuko Takahara, and Toshihiko Horiyama, just so you know. Yes, thank thank you. I, I didn't even think of that. This is obviously a remix uh, and, and the original... Yeah, yeah. The, the original yeah. composers are owed their. No, I think Yamamoto did just the original opening track. I think that... so as well. It sounds like his style. So mm. yeah, that's what I'm thinking. All good. <laughs> All good in the hood. All right, your final pick, Nico. <gasps> yes, we're coming up the final pick, which usually for me that's my favorite because you got to save the best for last. What you got? All right, here we come. I've got the final battle from Do Lucky No Puzzle Tour '94 from the Super Famicom exclusive from, of course, 94. Uh, And this is by Hayuki Shimono and Akihito Okawa.
Welcome back. That was the final battle theme from Do Lucky No Puzzle Tour 94 on the Super Famicom from 1994 by Hideyuki Shimono and Akihito Okawa. <laughs> and it's there it is. That's one of my favorite songs I've discovered recent time that I just keep getting down on. That was awesome. Time and time again. That was so good. Agreed. It's sim- similar to the, the one of the other tracks you played. It, it's very frenetic. Like there, there's a, a lot of like chaos happening in, in in all of this musical glory. I particularly like in the beginning. There's this sound effect that it sounds like like a laughing sound effect, but sped up to like almost insane levels. Or it might be a chipmunk, and I'm having trouble determining what what it actually is. But I, I just know, like, I heard it, and I was like, oh, I, I know that sound effect. And my brain was like, yeah, but from where? And I was like, oh, come yeah. on, man. <laughs> um, so oh, I, spent... I just said that. Da, 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 da. Yeah, just that. Yeah, yeah. This. Yeah. Oh. I don't know where to start with this one. I guess the PCM samples, especially the part where it just it's just the PCM samples. You know? <laughs> oh. That part's great, and it really builds up to that next bit of the track. I mean, like, this sounds like a Super Nintendo track on speed. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it just sounds like something you would normally hear on the Super NES, but, like, amped up to a 1,000. It's just really cool to listen to. Oh, you know what it kind of oh almost reminds God. me of? There, there's um, an N64 game. Oh, what's it called? It's not Robotron? Robot. Yes, yes, Robotron. Hey, Robotron 64. Yes. Love Robotron 64. Oh, sound. yes. Such, oh, a, so such a good soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, agreed. <laughs> Yes, I can definitely understand like the speed and just the craziness. Yeah. This this was the start of why I wanted to do the dancing theme and I was just like ah, ah. it's just like this is great because first of all this is the power of the this is the power of the SPC 700, the sampling power of the Super Nintendo yeah, being absolutely. done right here. And I don't think I've ever, because this is specifically, I think, uh, it's a breakbeat kind of beat and sample of vibe going on here. I don't think I've ever heard breakbeat on the Super Nintendo. That's true. I'm just like, holy cow. And (laughs) the rest of the soundtrack is is nothing else like this. It's it's, it's a puzzle game. It's really cutesy. It's kind of like Puyo Puyo, but in reverse, you're shooting things up with blocks. It's really weird. It's kind of fun to still watch. But like the rest of the soundtrack is nothing like this is the only song that I guess these composers was like, Let's do something crazy for this final battle theme. Mm. And I'm just, and thank goodness, because I'm guessing they were inspired by some kind of scene in there where they are, I guess, breakbeat or whatever was going on at the time, obviously, mm. to do this. Yeah, I love that little breakdown. It's like, yeah. And then I'm pretty sure the last thing is total annihilation, which I mean, like, Jesus Christ, this is hardcore. Yeah. Like, but it, and it sounds, I mean, it's, it's you know, super tense sampling, but it still sounds so good and so, like, so clear. It's very very clear impressive i'm pretty sure this is what half of like the memory for like sampling was used on was this track right here (laughs) uh the game itself is pretty colorful too not like cutesy colorful i mean it does have cutesy characters in it but Mm -hmm. the blocks are falling towards you and you're on the bottom of the screen and what's happening is uh you've got to throw blocks at the top of the screen to match everything up and Mm. if you match up enough pieces then it makes the blocks disappear and uh, that's pretty much it. It looks like it gets really crazy, though. Like, it, it looks like it could be quite the challenge. So what's funny is yeah. that the, all the credits are in English. The game itself, I think, is in, like, the title screen is mostly in Japanese. All the little cutscenes with the characters kind of yelling at each other back and forth. But uh, I think this is pretty playable for the most part. 
Oh, yeah, some pick up and play, no real like maybe like if I don't know if there is a tutorial, but you can get the basic idea, match the yeah. colors and yeah, seeing like the final battle, it does get mm -hmm. intense and there's an awesome like wavy backdrop that's like not earthboundy, but it's like mm. similar and it it fits the vibe of the song as well. Everything about this is so this is also snowballing my deep dive into the Super Nintendo soundtrack library mm -hmm. to find similar not like this intensive songs, but like also it's using the sampling power. It's all about them samples, folks. That bass, that mm. sample. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's <laughs> it, and that's all. Yeah, I was really impressed with this one for sure. So good, good find, Nico. Yeah. Hey, you. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Do you want to thank anybody while we're here, like the Academy, um, or? I'd like to thank uh, the GST channel for anyone who knows what that is. That's yes. a great. That's why I found this actually. Nice. Oh wow! Nice, Shout nice. out to that mixer VGM channel. And uh, do you want to thank anybody else? Pickles, cheese, also dick. Nah. Um, th yes, yes. I'm the two most important people in my life. <sighs> it's not my mom and dad. It's Hideyuki Shimono and Nikito Ako. <laughs> Oh, I thought he was going to say us. <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. I should have. Oh, God. Oh, God. No, I should have. That would have been the better. I'm ashamed. Oh, oh. Well, this is the last episode I'll ever be on. <laughs> Sorry. That's impossible. Oh, man. These are way too fun to ever, ever. You, ever are, the, you are the unofficial third co-host of the show, for sure. <laughs> Woo! That's it. All right. Composer-wise, Hideyuki Shimono started off with this game. And then followed up with a soccer game called Dolucky's A-League Soccer. Did some Sharp X68000 stuff with Genocide 2 and Overtake. And then uh, he did a Rooney Kenshin game on the PlayStation and a game called Zero Divide. Yeah. Akihito Okawa started out doing Zero Divide in 1995. They're listed as music composer on that, as well as 1997 Zero Divide 2 The Secret Wish. In 1999, they did music and sound effects on Cart, Flag to Flag, and then they did sound on Mr. Mosquito in 2001, that's a silly game, yes. uh, and Universal mm -hmm. Studios Theme Park Adventure, also in 2001. Their last credit is music and sound effects in Ka 2, Let's Go Hawaii in 2003. Let's play my final track. It's a doozy. You're going to pump your fist and bang your head. It's Contra Shattered Soldier. This is on the PlayStation 2 that came out in 2002. And this track is called Battle Train. It's by Sota Fujimori with Akira Yamaoka also featured.
everybody. Welcome back. That was my final pick, Contra Shattered Soldier, the PlayStation 2 2002 release. This track was called Battle Train, and it was by Soda Fujimori and Akira Yamaoka. I think Soda Fujimori specifically did this one, if I recall, but uh, yeah. Anyways, I know it kind of cut off very abrupt. That is because that is how the song naturally ends. It segues into a totally different part. This whole level in this game is like segmented songs that just immediately roll into the next part of the section of the level. So when you're playing it, that's what's happening is you're getting to the end of the song and you're also getting to the end of the portion of the level. If you don't happen to beat it in time, then it does. I believe it does loop back to the beginning in some way, shape or form. I'm not sure how they do that. It's been a really long time since I've played this one, mm-hmm. but this is my favorite Contra game. I love this game. Yeah, I, m- I remember you talking about this. It's kind of funny because we initially were listening to this track beforehand and we were listening. To, we didn't even realize it to the extended mix of the track. <laughs> and I kept sitting here going, no, this doesn't sound right. This doesn't sound right. And I have the soundtrack kind of burned into my brain. Mm. And Part of the reason for that is because I distinctly remember asking uh, Justin and I's mutual friend Eric to buy me the soundtrack and I would pay him back because he had access to like a bunch of places where you can get like import soundtracks. Mm. And he found this one and I just love the soundtrack so much. I was like, I got to hear this music like all the time. So like in 2003, I was just blasting the soundtrack constantly. <laughs> Loved it. And like I was also really getting into electronic music around that time, too. So I was kind of shifting, not out of metal, but just like I was adding to my repertoire, if you yeah, will. Yeah. So I was really getting into EDM, uh, you know, all sorts of dance music, techno. Progressive trance was, of course, my favorite, which this track is very obviously a progressive trance track that fits that timeline of music released during that era. This feels a lot like um, like a club hit of the late 90s to me. Like there, There's a lot of very classic techno synths, especially in the beginning. I like that it was fast-paced but not quite frenetic. Like It wasn't like chaotic like mm. some, of the other, the, uh, some of the other tracks that we've heard. It was very different in that respect because it was kind of like, mm. I don't know that I would say like clean or cut and dry, but it was a different style, yeah. which I, I liked. And then in the in the middle there, so I really liked the effects that they put on the synths there. I, I always struggle to describe the the effect. Like it, it's almost like an opening and closing of like an aperture or a filter or a mouth or mm-hmm. something. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get what cool. you're saying. Yeah, but it's really nice. Like there isn't a track that we have played tonight that I didn't like. And this is going to be really hard <laughs> to, pick a, mm-hmm. to pick a favorite in like 20 minutes. That part of the track, just as far as the gameplay goes, you're on this trail, uh, like these train tracks, Mm -hmm. and uh, you're facing off against uh, what ends up becoming a train, and that's why the track is called Battle Battle Train. Train. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But the train starts off as a robot with these, like, arms, and it's shooting at you with the arms uh, from diagonal angles, and the head is in the center. So you got to try to, you know, defeat the arms and the head if you can. And uh, like right around that part is when you're hearing the bass kind of drop out. Yeah, you hear that like like slowly building back up. I tend to really like progressive trance mostly because it could also be a metal song. So especially in the beginning, like like that could totally be a metal riff. Yeah. So and the rest of the soundtrack has metal music in it too, like really chunky, heavy borderline new metal music in a lot of aspects 
But this one in particular really stood out to me. So what do you think of this track, Nico? I loved it. I've heard Conscious Shattered Soldiers' other tracks, the heavier ones, obviously, because when you think of Conscious, you think of the heaviness. You think more of like, yeah, rockin'. Seen a good bit of the game, but somehow missed out on getting to this track, which it fits perfectly. It's such a nice, dancey just vibe. And like you said, like all the tracks tonight have just been everything can be vibed to so good. And it works. You know, this is the beauty of like the PS2 era, just this era of gaming. You can have a soundtrack that's just this diverse. Well, I guess you know, my last pick kind of had that, you know, the rest of that Do Lucky soundtrack is kind of cutesy. And then you got like the, the breakbeat mm-hmm. going on. And here you, you know, you go from like metal with some of the tracks in the beginning probably to like this you know trancey track and it works and i and i love that and of course with a little bit of akira's touch he was mostly like the sound director or whatever right, um, right. designer in general on this game yeah you know it works because he's done a lot of work on other dancey ddr um, stuff yeah yeah as well so it fits i i would i wouldn't a doubt if akira had a little bit more input with this track than some of the others but who knows yeah either way i mean, I mean soda fujimori a lot of his content is beat mania games like a ton of it i mean his first game was gun gauge in 99 but he started working on ddr stuff with ddr fifth mix in 2001 he did music and arrangement on the castlevania chronicles soundtrack which was basically the akamajo dracula x68000 on the sharp x68000 but you know redone and retweaked with some new remixes totally remix soundtrack and you know he just continued working with uh, konami on beat mania stuff and the soccer games his latest game was uh, the beat mania 2dx18 <laughs> resort anthem in 2010 akira yamaoka a longtime konami guy as well Started off with Smart Ball in 91 as an assistant composer and then started working on games like Sparkster, Contra Hard Corpse in 94, did the Salamander Deluxe Pack Plus in 97, a Gone by Groemon game, Silent Hill, probably best known for the Silent Hill series. Mm-hmm. Um, we mm-hmm. talked a lot about it on the survival horror game episode, episode with uh, yep. Avalanche Jared. Yep. His latest game is a game called The Medium, which came out last year. Hmm. Soon to be followed up by The Large... It's super size. <laughs> All's a dick. Uh, on Anyways. that note, it looks like we are getting another call. Um, yes. Janine says they, they've been on hold for a bit, actually. Oh, well. Yeah, why Let's you... bring them on. Yeah, go ahead. Caller, uh, you are uh, on XVGM Radio. Who is this, and what can we do for you? Hi. My name's Anthony, and uh, I just wanted to know if you... Sorry. If you could... Play some DDR for for me and today, Junior. Uh, yeah, we could play something from DDR, uh, not licensed stuff, but sure. Yeah, we'll figure you out. Thanks. That's a uh, a little rude, but I appreciate it. Extra uh, GM. Yeah. Woo. The music is you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, there's not a lot of DDR stuff that we could play, but Justin, what's your final track that you're going to take us out on? Uh, I, I think we can actually play something DDR adjacent. Speaking of Beatmania 2DX, this will be Beatmania 2DX 7th Style. This came out in the arcades and on PS2 in 2002, and the track is Burning Heat, and this is the full option mix. DDR Max 2 had the three option mix, I believe. And this was done by Mr. T with Motoaki Furukawa.
All right. That was Burning Heat, the full option mix from uh, 2002's Beat Mania 2DX 7th Style. Came out in the arcades, and then technically the version that came out in PS2, I think, was 7th Style CS. But uh, either way, it was on there. Uh, and that was by Mr. T, also known as Tomoyuki Uchida, featuring Motowaki F, also known as Motowaki Furukawa. You know what happens, Justin, when Mr. T gives you all the dick? You get burning heat. You get for free. You, you oh. get a good friend because Mr. T gave you all the dick. It's what you wanted, right? That's a good Just friend. so you know, I'm editing this break and I'm keeping that in. Please do. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, if not, you're going to get pitied. I pity oh the foo. Pity, I pity the foo. Oh, man. Burning heat. Great track. Sounds like. You need to go to a doctor to get that checked out. Yeah, though. yeah, no. Um, the, the, the the title the title of the track is is not a great title. The track yeah. itself is fantastic. Um, yeah, this mm-hmm. is a great this is a Gradius remix, if I recall. It even throws in that little eight bit version. Yeah. You know the. I remember playing this in the arcades on DDR. Like I remember this being on one of the DDR machines. I think it was Extreme Two, actually. DDR Max Two. Max two, that's what it was. Yes. Yeah, I used to play the bejesus out of this. Yeah, me, no, me too. Like, I mean, as everybody who listens knows, uh, I am a big Gradius fan. So the day that I went to my local arcade and saw a Gradius track on a DDR game, I almost lost my mind. And then I played it, and I was like, <laughs> I'm not familiar with this track. And that's because it's technically the opening track from Gradius two. It is technically in Gradius three as a hidden song, but I think that's the arcade version. I don't think it's in the um. I don't think it's in the SNES version. No, no. And Gradius 2 only came out in Japan, uh, Japan on the yep. Famicom. I mean, it came out on a bunch of other stuff, but a- right. at least in terms of stuff that you can reasonably play, the Famicom is probably the easiest way to get it. Yeah. So when when I, when I actually played the song, like I was super excited, but I was really confused because <laughs> I was like, I, like, I've like i played Gradius 1, I've played Gradius 3, I don't recognize it. And eventually I was like, oh, it must be from the one in the middle that we never got. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't remember if I had this one, like all the steps memorized, but there were a select few tracks that I actually memorized all the steps. Th- it was so much fun. And like, as you said, with the 8-bit part in the middle, I love that so much. And when you're playing this, I mean, we're, we're going off on a tangent here because this is not a DDR song. This is a Beat Mania song. But uh, right. maybe they do something similar in Beat Mania. But in, in DDR, when it hits that 8-bit part, the entire screen goes well except for the the arrows but the entire screen goes 8-bit and you've got you know Vic Viper and and whatnot and it's it's just like it's a classic Gradius scene and Mm. I really I really appreciated the way that they uh they they did the video for that yeah yeah for sure it's a great track and uh it really makes me want to play uh both DDR and Gradius Gradius, at the same time so yeah yeah yeah. uh Nico what are your thoughts Oh, I loved it. I, that's one of my favorites. I love Gradius 2 in the Famicom. That's one of, I was going to say, favorite in the, of the games. I've only played 1, 2, and 3. I should play like 4, right? 4 and 5? The PS2 uh, one I really wanted to play because that one looks yeah. awesome. Yeah, Gradius 5 is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I love I love Burning Heat. And, and again, you got like, you had the Mega Man X pick, and now you got the other classic just remixed into this vibe. It's amazing how much how many beat mania stuff there is i've never played a single beat mania but that's all right i i just i appreciate this as it was just the energy of that track i love so much mm-hmm. it's just there's something about gradius 2 specifically that just it's like mm, it's so mm-ah. 
Something about <laughs> Gradius. Something about Gradius. Uh, My, I saw yeah. that movie. It was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Ten things I love about Gradius. <laughs> Number one, Mr. T. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, the Beat Mania series, I tried playing it for a while, but it, it takes a special type of hand-eye coordination where like you got one hand on a on a dj table and then similar to dj hero on the wii uh, except i think dj hero only had a couple of buttons beat mania 2dx has a turntable and then seven buttons and just like any of the other rhythm games you know the the keys fall down and you have to either scratch or hit the button in time with the music right and it just for whatever reason, I couldn't wrap my brain around it. I, I think I played a total of like two or three times and was just like, I'm going to go back to DDR. Yeah, I'm terrible at Beat Mania. Like, absolutely <laughs> awful. Anytime I've ever played it, I failed. Uh, it's mm. just so difficult. I mean, I also started off on basic or light mode on uh, DDR in the original and kind of worked my way up to it. So maybe if I played Same. on an easier setting, I'd be able to do better. But I don't know. It's like one of those things like you play video games with your hands normally. So you think like, oh, I'm playing this with my hands. So it'll be totally easy. But no. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, I get that. But I, yeah. yeah, this this really makes me want to go back and play <laughs> play DDR. <laughs> Tell me about these composers, because we got some favorite tracks to pick. Yeah. So Mr. T is Tomoyuki Uchida and is credited on basically all the Beat Mania stuff. Starting with Poppin' Music 3 Append Disc in 2000, they're the sound data analyzer. Then moving on to Beat Mania 2DX Third Style in 2000, and just like, I'm not going to read all these off because there's a ton of them, but just Mm. Beat Mania and Poppin' Music all the way up to 2008. Beat Mania 2DX 14 Gold. And then they were credited on I Want to Be the Boshi in 2010 for Beat Mania 2DX Seventh Style. And then Motowaki Furukawa started in the way, way back times of 1987 doing sound on Nemesis 2. They got into doing music in Snatcher in 1988, the final round as well in 1988. Uh, Let's see, Sunset Riders in 1991, they did music. Super Contra in 1988, music editor. But let's jump up to more recent stuff. Uh, They were a composer in Castlevania in 1999. And then we've got music in Horgihu, which came out in 2018. Uh, and their last credit is the arcade music composer for Blazing Chrome AC in 2021. I think we did a good job, gents. I think we picked some really good tunes. Mm. And, uh, oh, yes. So now is the time of the episode where we choose our favorites. Nico, you're the guest of honor. You go first. Oh man, I still had time. I was still thinking. It's it's a tough <laughs> one today. Uh, but of the um, of this, I mean, for me, actually, it's actually between either Contra Shattered Soldier or the just this one, the Beat Mania, because I love them both. I love the the the, rem- the memories of burning heat and i just love realizing like damn this this contra shadow soldier track is banging but which one would i definitely just vibe to the most if i'm just if i'm putting on a dance mix what am i gonna include <laughs> what would it be you know what just because i'm this one's newer to me i would probably do contra shadow soldier because mm. i mean it's nice. contra it's great mm-hmm. i love that battle train track Battle train, tra- battle train track. <laughs> battle train track. Mm, nice. Yeah. What about you, Again. Justin? 
I, I agree with Nico. This is really difficult. Um, I, I really enjoyed uh, Rock Solid from Conker's Bad Fur Day. But I think mm-hmm. the one that I'm going to pick out that kind of stood out to me a little bit more than the others was the Rekka track, Elm 39 from uh, Summer nice. Carnival 92 Rekka. That, nice. that was That was fun. Man, you both picked my tracks. Uh, well, Aww. I'm actually going to pick Nico's track, the uh, Do Lucky No Puzzle Tour 94 mm. final battle track. That was awesome. I really dug that. Uh, it's just such a unique sound to the Super NES that sounded both like a Super NES and not like a Super NES. So I was really feeling that track. Yeah, that was, that was a good yes. one, too. Yeah. yeah. I'm proud of that one. <laughs> so, were so many good ones here. What were your favorite tracks, listener? Let us know in our Discord, our various social media. Uh, <laughs> we want to thank Nico for coming on the show. We love having Nico. He's our unofficial third host on the show. <laughs> we wish we could have him on every episode. But, uh, Nico, tell us a little bit about uh, where the Internet can find you, what you're known for, and all that jazz. Well, of course, thank you, as always, for bringing me back each year. It always feels so nice, so special, so awesome. Um, it's it's an honor. And I'm always <laughs> glad to share the awesome vegan music tunes and just talk about all of that. Mm-hmm. But, of course, for most that have uh, probably been hanging around the series for a while, you know that I'm the 8-Bit Stereo guy, Nico's 8-Bit Stereo. Just recently, actually, I was able to officially change... URL. That was the last bit of what I was known as before. It's the Wii guy. So now it, if you put in youtube.com slash Nico's Apex Stereo, all one word, you'll find me. I changed that name. Nice. And of course, that is what I'm known for. I mm-hmm. also did do some streaming on Twitch under Nico Tengoku, my alternate or main uh, username. Mm-hmm. But I've been taking a bit of a break from that, just kind of more enjoying doing stuff in my own life, playing more games, listening to more awesome soundtracks, both or music, both, of course. You know, like bands and artists, and of course, vegan music, the for sure, de gras. But uh, definitely, Nico's Apisteria, that's where you want to find me. Recently, uh, last year on the last episode, and announced that something big was coming to the channel, uh, a revamp, and it did launch, of course, last year. And it's going great. I've been really happy with the new sound I've been doing with the soundtracks, just a little bit more, not as echoey, not as. Reverby, uh, reverby. Right? That those yeah. are the main things. They still sound clear and crisp. The there's obviously still a slight alteration with like the stereo. It's not like how it was before because it definitely really was. Mm-hmm. But it's a little bit more, I would say, fine tuned. Nice, <laughs> very mm-hmm. cool. And we'll share those links down below on the website, so you could go there, check it out. Also, just go to our webpage at xvgmradio.com and go to the guests section. There's several episodes with Nico's name on them. So if you like this episode and how ridiculous it was and you want more Nico, if you want all the Nico, you got to go there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'd like to take a moment to thank our Patreon patrons, without whom this show's continued improvement would be impossible. They are Alex Messenger, Cam Worma, Chris Hart, Dan Lawton, Jordan and Anson Davis, Rage Cage, Kung Fu Carlito of the Heroes 3 Podcast, Scott McElhone, Chris Myers, The Autistic Gamer 89, Bedroth, Brad Austin, Chris Murray, Llama Adam, Marcus Stewart, Nathan Cooper, Nick Davis, and Ryan McPherson. If you would like to become a patron, you can sign up at patreon.com slash xvgmradio. 
There you can see the different tiers as well. Just $1 gets you a thank you at the end of the show and access to our monthly live shows. You can visit our website, xvgmradio.com, where you can listen to all the episodes and learn more about your hosts, as well as any of our guests or composers that we've had on the show. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can always email us at xvgmradio at gmail.com. If you've liked what you've heard, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. You can join our Facebook group and chat with other VGM lovers at facebook.com slash groups slash XVGM radio, where we talk about everything from current game news to sharing awesome VGM tracks or just talking about the podcast itself. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle on both of those sites is at XVGM radio. If you don't have any other social media or just want to try something unique, check us out on our Discord group chat. Links will be in the show notes. Justin, in two weeks... No, one month, right? One month. <laughs> They're We're about coming yeah. back <laughs> with our musician guest spot featurette that we've done. Uh, we haven't done that in a while, uh, yeah, but it, that's going to be 87, right? Yeah, yeah. Ep- episode 87 is going to be a guest spot with orchestral fantasy. This will be really cool. I don't think we've done a musician guest spot since episode 64 with uh, Lucia Loretta. Yeah, yeah. That's the last time that we had uh, the comparison of the original tracks with the musicians' mm-hmm. tracks that we tend to do where we bring on remixers or musicians that love m- video game music. They have an appreciation for it. So this one will be, will be really cool. This, uh, this person does a lot of work with orchestral versions of like Final Fantasy stuff. Chrono Trigger, like a lot of that type of stuff. So I think people who enjoy that type of music will really dig it. Nice, nice. Yeah. All right. So, again, thanks to Nico for being our third host on this episode. This is Mike. And Justin. Signing off for XVGM Radio. Yep, yep, yep. Come Robin. He must be full of beans. (laughs) And he's living in a land of beans. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully no one's robbing them. No, no. That'd be bad. (laughs) Maybe spilling the beans at that point. For oh sure. my god. All right. <laughs> carry them out. Let's let's move into uh uh Justin's next game before I make an all the dick joke. Oh, too late. Um uh, <laughs> <laughs> the reference is is a, is a joke in and of itself. Yes. Um but yeah, so my next pick here is going to be from Marvel versus Capcom. Nope, not Cop. <laughs> Marvel versus Capcom. Cap Capcom. I am Capcom. <laughs> right up there with Robot Cop. Right, right. Robert Cop. Robert Cop, yes. (laughs) Starting with Pop and Music 3 Append Disc in 2000, they're the sound data analyzer. (laughs) And then... (laughs) What? I love that title. Pop and Music 3 Append Disc. (laughs) Append Disc. (laughs) You gotta get your Append Disc out sometimes. Hey, at least it wasn't Play a pen dicks. I mean, or, or, pe- or, or all pen dolls. Pen dolls dick. dick. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, yeah. Moving on. Welcome to XVGM Radio, where the beats. Yeah, the beats. Fuck. <laughs> it's been a while since we uh, did this. Yeah, we're no, no, I, I like it. We're we got to keep that in. Yeah, the beats. <laughs> all right, all right. All right, let me, oh, let me, let me do this.